Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd. I'm Dina Marie Hale, your host, and with me in studio is Archbishop Alexander Sample. And today we're going to reflect upon the Holy Cross. So as we start with that, Archbishop, please lead us in yes. prayer. In the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Heavenly Father, your Son Jesus accomplished for us the great work of our redemption through his passion and his death on the cross and then his glorious resurrection. Father, as we talk about the meaning of the cross in our lives and in the church, help us by filling our listeners with your Holy Spirit. Open their ears now in a way that will help them receive a word that will encourage them and help them. All these things we ask through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Holy Mary, our hope, seat of wisdom. Pray for us. Saint Helena. Pray for us. Saint Joseph. Yes, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, during the month of September, I noticed these two feasts go back to back, this exaltation of the Holy Cross on the 14th of September, and then it's followed by the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows. And I thought, what a beautiful two days mm -hmm. of reflection on what's so key to our faith as Christians and Christ dying on the cross for us, resurrection, new life, um, and just to remind ourselves the importance of the cross mm -hmm. in our own daily lives. But this particular feast commemorates a particular time in history. You mentioned St. Helena, uh, who was the mother of wit. Uh, of St. Constantine. Of, of Saint Constantine. Oh, well, let's call him, we'll call him Emperor Constantine. <laughs> he might be a saint. Well, <laughs> you might be a saint, but not officially canonized. Sorry about that. <laughs> but in the 300s, she had this mission. Older woman, she was going to find the true cross. Yeah. And and so we think she did. Yes, indeed. <laughs> she, she, she went to Jerusalem. And, yeah. and I remember visiting the uh, the church of the holy sepulcher in jerusalem and there was a the, uh, the you know and there's a the traditional place of calvary there's even a spot there where you know by tradition that that, that, that they believe or many believe that the cross was actually placed uh, so you can you can actually reach your hand into a hole uh, in in the stone there where where you know it's it's possible that the the holy cross was actually placed and then there's kind of like this I remember them taking us into this area off to the side where there's kind of like a, a large slope going down, and it's right inside the church of, uh, over the rock. And that the the uh, um, one of the traditions, anyway, is that you know that after the crucifixions, they would throw mm -hmm. the, the 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 crosses down there, you know, the, the used crosses and that down that down the slope of this rock, and 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 that that's you know possibly where Saint Helena uh, found the true cross of Christ, and and uh, you know there are, there are many. I'm blessed. Hey, of course, you don't have any official documentation right. of these things, but I'm blessed to have a, a, a relic. relic. Uh, of, of the true cross, a sliver uh, from the true cross uh, in, in my chapel at, at my home. So, uh, yes, but it, it does, the, the feast, which is connected with uh, St. Helena finding the true cross, is really to, the, the, the feast is in the church to keep us focused on the centrality mm -hmm. of the cross 
uh, in in not only just in the in the work and in the, in the mystery of our redemption, but in our daily Christian lives. That the cross is 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 a part of of the Christian journey. Mm-hmm. It's the sign and symbol. Um, it says the entrance antiphon for this feast: We should glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, for He is our salvation, our life, and our resurrection. Through Him, we are saved and made free. I think about Moses back in the Old Testament. We hear the story of the people being bitten by the serpents, Mm -hmm. and he's told to create a serpent and to post it on a staff. And, you know, that foreshadows, I think, for us this Christ on the cross, but he's the savior right you know the, the yeah, exactly and that's that's exactly and jesus himself makes that reference in the gospels you know because in in the story of of the uh, uh the people being you know they had rebelled against the lord and so the lord sent uh, serpents among them and so they came in distress to moses and said you know we have sinned you know right. and so the lord told uh moses to to erect to to make that bronze serpent and to put it on a pole and to raise it up and so that anybody who had been bitten if they looked at the serpent would be healed uh, in fact, that's that's the history behind the the the, the symbol of of, of doctors medicine, of the medical right? profession mm-hmm. is that is that serpent wrapped around yeah. a pole. Well, Jesus Himself says, "Just as Moses mm-hmm. lifted up the serpent in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up." And and it's a reference to Him being lifted up on the cross. And just as the, the gazing upon the serpent became the source of healing for the people in the time of Moses, so from the cross, Jesus lifted up, and he says, I will draw him into myself. That becomes the source of our healing, mm-hmm. the ultimate healing, the healing from the wound of sin, the wound of original sin, the wound of our own sin, uh, the wound of the sins that are committed against us. Jesus on the cross, the cross itself becomes the the instrument of our healing and of our reconciliation, uh, our salvation. And that's why, you know, it is, it's the exalt, this feast is the exaltation of the Holy Cross. It is, a, you know, yeah. that great hymn that I'll bet you in 90% at least of the churches uh, on the feast of the exaltation of the cross, yeah. it will sing, lift high, lift the, high cross, the cross, uh, the, the love of Christ proclaim. And and we say uh, those who practice the, uh, the 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 prayer devotion of the Stations of the Cross, traditionally, uh, at each station we say we adore Thee, O Christ, and we praise Thee, bless Thee, for by Thy holy cross Thou hast redeemed the world. Yeah. There must have been such a desire in Saint Helena's heart to want to go on a pretty rough pilgrimage in those days to try to find the true cross, knowing that this is such an important symbol. We have to find it if we can. But I just can imagine that desire for her to continue on the love of the people of of the the Christian community to really adore this cross Mm -hmm. and to know how important Christ's cross is. You know, you think of of, of our our devotion to the cross. Mm -hmm. You know, we... um, we hang the crucifix in our homes. Uh, many wear the cross uh, around their neck. Uh, we have on our rosaries the cross, mm-hmm. crucifix. Uh, so we have a great reverence uh, for the cross. We think of of the, the service, uh, liturgical service on Good Friday, the the, the celebration of the Lord's Passion. Uh, one of the centerpieces of that celebration is the is the veneration of the cross. We come forward. We venerate it. 
we, we bow before the cross, we genuflect before the cross, we kiss the mm-hmm. cross because it is the instrument of our, of, again, of our healing and of our reconciliation. But I think that, you know, it's important to remember that it isn't just the adoration of the cross. It's just not looking at the cross and, and seeing it as, as the instrument of our healing and our salvation uh, in, the, in, that, in that way, which is all very true and, and, and appropriate. But we must also see that the cross stands as a reminder to every Christian that we are called to participate in, in the mystery of the cross ourselves in our own lives. In other words, the, 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 the mystery of the cross plays out in, in every Christian's life. You know, Jesus himself said, if you wish to be my disciple, you must deny yourself. Mm-hmm. Take up your cross every day and follow me. Jesus says, you know, in, in, in Matthew, you know, come to me all you who are weary and find light burdens. I mean, he says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That yoke of the cross, that, that, that when we carry the cross in our own life, uh, Christ carries it with us. He helps us. But there's no escaping the cross. Mm-hmm. And that's why the centrality of the cross in, in, in the life of a Christian is, is, is so important. Because, you know, and it's, 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 I think it's, it's the constant struggle of the human condition, the human person is to, we don't like the cross. You know, we, we want to avoid the cross. I think in our own time, in a, in a very uh, deep way, you know, the, the whole culture basically communicates a message to us that we should do everything we can to, to embrace pleasure and happiness and, 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 and avoid the cross and, and, and any form of suffering uh, rather than embrace the suffering in union with Jesus. The cross stands in the center of the life of every Christian because it is only through the cross that we receive the gift of the resurrection and the gift of new life. St. John of the Cross, who, of course, is a great Carmelite saint, one of my faves, as they say, he says, if we want, I'm not going to get the quote exactly right, but basically, if, if, if we want to enter into the, the, the joy of the, of the pastures uh, of eternal life, we must first pass through the thicket of suffering, the thorns of suffering. Uh, it's, it's the only way. And, you know, we'll try every which way we can mm-hmm. to forget that or to think it's not really all that important or Jesus didn't really mean it uh, when he said <laughs> yep. to p- take up our cross each day and, and that somehow we can avoid the cross uh, and, and sort of uh, uh, get, get, get blessed by being able to skip out on that part. But the cross comes yeah. to each one of us uh, in various forms. Uh, in, in, in various forms of human suffering and the crosses that we're called to bear so heavy for some people. I mean, I, I know people, and I'm, I'm sure you do do as well, Dina Marie, and I'm sure many of our listeners know people that it's, they seem like they get more than their fair share of the cross. And that you see some of these people bearing those crosses with such faith and mm-hmm. such trust in the Lord, knowing that uh, I, I can endure this uh, because I know Jesus endured this mm-hmm. for me out of his love for me. And I know on the other side of this cross, just as there was for Jesus, there is resurrection. Mm-hmm. There is new life. There is peace and joy and happiness. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's a mystery of why God uses this instrument of, of the cross to bring about our redemption. 
But I think part of the mystery is, is, is solved by, by God simply wanting us to know that, yes, we're going to have suffering in this life because of our fallen condition, because of original sin, which the effects of which are still with us. So the cross will always be a part of, of human life and human condition. Knowing that, God wished to save us through that cross, through the suffering, so that he shows us that there's hope. There's hope. The resurrection gives us hope in the midst of our suffering and the carrying of our own cross. Absolutely. And as you talk about hope, I think about the one of the greatest models of hope is our Blessed Mother. And so she endured suffering, and yet in the suffering, she trusts in God. Where do we see that most profoundly, at least in my eyes, is at the foot the of foot the, the cross. cross. And we, we celebrate on this next day, September 15th, following this exaltation of the cross, here we see the mother of Jesus, the mother of God, realizing God has a plan. In the most grueling and most horrendous moment of her life to witness, she still will trust in Jesus mm -hmm. because he is the way, he is the truth, he is life. We have a lot to learn from that example of Our Lady of Sorrows, that in her sorrowing, there is the greatest hope. Exactly, and I think that when Mary said her fiat, let it be done, to me, according to your word, to the angel Gabriel, when the angel came to announce to her that she was to be the mother of the Son of God, uh, that she would be the mother of the Savior, the mother of the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Christ, she said yes. And at that moment, you know, I, I, and I, we don't know if, if, if the Lord gave her any, any sort of prefiguring of what that yes meant, it was going to mean to her life. I, I suspect she probably didn't know all that that yes was going to entail in terms of her own suffering with her son. But she said yes in trust of God, you know, not knowing what, what was to come. And then, of course, at, at the presentation, that's, you know, we have the, uh, uh, we have the, the sorrows of Our Lady, mm -hmm. uh, the seven sorrows, which is a devotion in, in the church, the seven sorrows of, of Our Blessed Mother, which is especially fostered by uh, uh, the Servite uh, right. Order, which, of course, has our, our beautiful grotto shrine mm -hmm. here in, in Portland and, and in, the, in the shrine church, you know, in the, in the stained glass windows are the images of the, of the seven sorrows of Our Lady. Uh, they have a great devotion to that and have spread that devotion. But the first of the sorrows goes back to when Jesus is presented in the temple. Yeah. And I, I, I believe that those words that uh, Simeon spoke to Our Lady were uh, uh, had a, a profound impact on her. Because you remember Jesus is brought into the temple. You know, you have Anna, the prophetess there, who rejoices to see finally the coming of the mm -hmm. Savior. You know, so that's a beautiful moment. We have Simeon saying, you know, the nunc dimittis, uh, uh, you know, now, Lord, uh, you can let your servant go in peace for my eyes have seen the salvation, you know, that, that finally uh, Simeon had been told that he would not die before he had seen the Messiah. So there's all this exultation mm -hmm. and joy at, mm -hmm. at, at uh, Jesus being brought into the temple, and finally the Messiah is here, the one who comes to save us is here, and, and there's great rejoicing. But then he says to, to Mary and to Joseph, he says, this child is destined mm -hmm. for the rise and the fall of many, a sign that will be contradicted. 
you know, and isn't that true? Yeah. You know, isn't that true? You know, that, 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 that Jesus is, has been, you know, rejected mm-hmm. by many. And what he teaches has been rejected by many. Uh, but then he turns to Our Lady and says, you yourself shall be pierced with a sword so that the thoughts of many hearts may be laid bare. In other words, you're you're going to have suffering as well. Mm -hmm. And I I think that unless the Lord gave Mary some some premonition or or some vision of of what was to come, this must have been a very sobering moment for Mary uh, in her humanity, that, that oh, okay, this is, there's going to be suffering for me in this. Um, you know, she, she uh, uh, lost her husband, Joseph. We don't know, we don't know when. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, that was, that was a part of a suffering that, you know, she was going to, we don't know at what age Jesus was when St. Joseph died, but, you know, she was going to have to be a mother, a widow, uh, uh, and a mother to Jesus. But then, of course, all of the other associated uh, sorrows, I mean, just for, for those that are interested, uh, the seven sorrows uh, of Our Lady are uh, the, the one I just mentioned, the prophecy of Simeon, uh, of being pierced with a sword of sorrow, the flight into Egypt, you know, when, when uh, Herod is out to destroy the Christ child, and so Joseph has to take Mary and the child Jesus into Egypt to, to flee for his life. Uh, losing the child mm-hmm. uh, in Jerusalem at right. the age of twelve, when when uh, Joseph and Mary are frantic because they can't can't find their son, uh, you know, G- Mary meets Jesus mm-hmm. on the road to Calvary. You know, and that's one of the uh, you know stations of the cross, right. and it was so beautifully depicted in in uh, Mel the Gibson's Passion. film, The Passion mm-hmm. of the Christ. You know yeah. that moment when as Mary sees Jesus passing by and she has that memory mm-hmm. of him falling as a child and, you know, crying like, you know, like any child would cry. And, and Mary rushes to him, Yeshua, Jesus, Yeshua. Yeah. And she runs to him and takes him uh, in her arms and consoles him. Uh, she has that memory as she sees Jesus now going by carrying the cross and she rushes and he falls. Mm-hmm. He falls at that moment, it's one of the falls, and she rushes to him and holds him to console him, and she's in tears. And Jesus just turns to her with such love, and in, at least in, that's, that line actually comes from Revelation, but Jesus says, see, mother, how I make all things new. Uh, so that's, that's one of the stars when she meets Jesus on the way to Calvary, standing at the foot of the cross, mm-hmm. was probably the, the most painful moment. You know, it's where we often say that uh, when centurion, the guard's uh, sword pierced the side of Jesus to make sure he was dead and pierced his heart and blood and water flowed out, that that was a, a moment of great suffering. That, that was a moment where that sword also pierced her heart. Uh, you know, some, some of the spiritual writers of the church have even said that the, the sword, eh, uh, you know, symbolically passed through her heart mm-hmm. uh, as it passes through his uh, you know, so so standing at the foot of the cross, uh, when Jesus is taken down from the cross and laid in her arms, that beautiful sculpture that we have of Michelangelo, the Pietà, you know, where 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 Mary at the foot of the cross takes the body of Jesus into her arms, the broken, bruised, mm-hmm. dead body of her son. And again, uh, it's an artistic interpretation, but it's very powerful. That that's, mm-hmm. that's another one of my favorite scenes, actually, from the Passion of the Christ, is. There's that scene of Mary holding Jesus on her lap, 
and she's looking at him and caressing his faith. And then she holds out her hand toward us. Mm-hmm. And she turns her head and she looks straight at us, holding out her hand in, in a gesture, not of, of to us in the sense, but she's kind of pointing to the body of Jesus. She's pointing to her son with her hand outstretched to us, with her, gazing upon us as if to say, uh, look what he has done for you. I, 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 there's, I think for myself, there's a dual interpretation for that. For me, it's, you know, look at what your sins have done, mm-hmm. but also look what he has done for you yeah. out of his love and his mercy for you. And of course, then, uh, the, the laying in the tomb, the burial of Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, had to be a great moment of sorrow for our lady as she sees the stone, uh, rolled and, and closed over the entrance to the tomb, yeah. uh, a, a great sorrow for her. Mm. So she participates uh, right. really in, in the passion of Jesus and in his own cross. She carried the cross. Mm-hmm. She understood it. Mary didn't try to run from the cross. Mary right. didn't try to eliminate the cross from her life. Mary didn't try to pretend that I can be a Christian, I can be a disciple of my son Jesus and, and somehow escape uh, the cross. No, it, it, it comes even for the most exalted of all human creatures. Mm-hmm. Mary is the most perfect, the most blessed, filled with grace, human being who has ever lived. Uh, she is, she is sinless, the immaculate one. And she now is exalted even above the angels in heaven, high above the angels, a human nature above the angels whose, whose nature is, is far superior to our human nature. But Mary is exalted even above the angels, uh, in her glory, even her, even Mary has to endure the suffering mm-hmm. of the cross. Uh, in, in, in her own life and, and the pain of that. Right. And she, so she's, she's united with us in our suffering. And I think that, yeah. you know, just as we look to Jesus and his resurrection as the victory uh, won by the cross and, and as, the, as the resurrection gives us hope uh, to endure the cross and Jesus consoles us in our, in our carrying of the cross, he carries it with us. So Mary mm-hmm. also accompanies us as we carry our crosses. Right. She sees, I think, in us a reflection of the suffering of her son and her heart is moved with great love uh, for us to console us and to comfort us. Right. She does offer that comfort. I think as we were talking last week, just about facing anxieties, facing those worries that our lady really is the one who can help us to bring about that peace, to reflect upon her life with Jesus and to ask for her guidance in those times when you're, when you're agonizing over a loved one who is suffering. Anytime that a mother particularly is agonizing over her children, boy, go to our lady. I think our lady is there to help us to number one, get closer to Jesus and to get through those sufferings, to turn them over to the Holy Cross. What a great time to go to the grotto, to have time of prayer as you've encouraged us to, to before, to see the beauty in nature around us, mm-hmm. the beautiful churches. Take some time this month. I just encourage people as the seasons are starting to change that we can really recollect and ask Our Lady of Sorrows to guide us in our most difficult moments. Yeah, you know, you mentioned, Dina Marie, the, 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 the prayer of mothers, you know, for their children, and uh, Mary certainly is, is a great model for that, and a, and a companion mm-hmm. for our mothers in, in their worries and prayers for their children. I know my mother, God rest <laughs> her soul, anytime she was worried about any of us, uh, her children, you know, she turned to Our Lady. Yeah. And her favorite prayer, uh, and in fact, I put it on the back of her prayer card for her, her funeral liturgy, was the Memorare. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, you know, remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known uh, that anyone who you know fled to you for protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Uh, you know that that she would pray that for us. She prayed that she prayed the memorari every day uh, for her children, mm-hmm. uh, and and turning in trust to Our Lady. Well, let us do the same, and what a great way to close this time in honor of Our Lady of Sorrows and the Exaltation of the Cross. Would you help us close with your blessing? uh, May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families, your loved ones, and especially our mothers, Mm -hmm. and be with us this day and forever. Amen. And thank you for listening to The Voice of the Shepherd on Mater Day Radio. We look forward to sharing with you again next week. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie Hale. And until our next encounter, may you have a blessed week. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit materdayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you.